Well, welcome everyone to another episode of CoreCast, the podcast of the Cornet Northern California chapter. This is episode three in season seven. My name is Robert Teed, and I am thrilled to be your regular host of CoreCast, where we bring you guests and content that are both timely and relevant to what's happening in the world of work and workplace. And we keep a particular focus on the Northern California region, which we all know is home to some of the most exciting companies and work and workplace developments on the planet. And when I'm not hosting CoreCast, my day job is as founder and CEO of Integra Group, where I'm an executive coach, a strategic advisor, and a consultant. And I bring to my work three decades as a corporate real estate and workplace executive. If you want to connect with me or are interested in learning more about me or my work, you can find my info in the show notes. I'm also a longtime active member of the Cornet Northern California chapter. I'm a facilitator in the chapter's leadership development cohort, and of course, I get to host CoreCast. All right, well, I must tell you that I'm so spoiled by this opportunity to host CoreCast. You know, I get to talk with really great people doing really interesting work, and every episode that I've hosted so far has been special to me, and it's always because of the guests, but today is even more special because I get to talk with my very good friend, my trusted colleague, Christina Weber. Uh, many of you will know Christina through her work in and around corporate real estate and in the built environment. And she's lent her talents to companies like Stoke, uh, Interface, Dirt, uh, Sustainable Industries, and to the Cornet Northern California chapter and to Cornet Global. She's been a sponsor. She's been an active member. She's been a thought leader. And now she's also co-chairing the chapter's newest special interest group around sustainability. Uh, and for our listeners, a special interest group is really the precursor to the formation of a committee. And so we're, you're going to hear us call it special interest group or SIG as we kind of go through this conversation. Uh, we're going to get to cover a lot of Christina's career and her history with Cornet. And we'll also try to dig into some other areas that might be less familiar to most, and we'll see how deep she'll let us uh, she'll let us dig into her personal life. Um, a little bit about Christina in her professional domain. Well, she's currently vice president of growth and client solutions at Stoke, a firm that I'm a big fan of. I love the team over there, and I'm excited for Christina to tell us a little bit about the work she's doing and more about the company. Uh, she joined Stoke in December of 2020, uh, having taken a few months off from her previous gig at Interface, where she was in senior leadership positions for several years. Uh, and she left that company as the regional vice president of global accounts. And that's actually where Christina and I became friendly is when I was her customer and she was my superhero partner. And she bailed me out of many, many, many messes around the world uh, during our time together there. So... Uh, we could probably talk for an hour just on those things. Uh, prior to Interface, uh, Christina worked with Dirt Architectural Solutions. And then prior to that, she was with Sustainable Industries. Uh, where I've spent the most time with Christina and where she continues to impress the heck out of me is in her participation in Cornet and especially the Northern California chapter. And it's actually where we first met in person was because of Cornet. We met uh, in person at the EMEA Summit in Amsterdam several years ago. And I had been a customer and we'd known of each other, known each other, but it was really the first time we were in person where we became fast friends. And that connection was through Cornet. 
And we're going to get to hear a lot from Christina about her involvement with Cornet Global and with the Northern California chapter. Uh, Christina graduated from Central College in Pella, Iowa, and she has a bachelor's degree in international business and politics from there. And then she went on to earn her master's degree in international affairs from the Australian National Academy uh, in Canberra. So that's pretty cool. And she'll tell us a little bit about that, I'm sure, as well. We'll get to know Christina outside of her professional domain. But first, I want to stop talking about her and start talking with her. So, Christina, welcome to CoreCast. Thank you for being here, and I'm really excited to, to be able to visit with you today. Thank you so much, Robert. This is a true pleasure. It's a it's wonderful to be with you, and it was wonderful to just hear how we originally met and be reminded that we have Cornet to thank for that. So, thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely. And and I'll do my best to make this sound like a podcast and not just, you know, a conversation between friends. Um, you know, I always like to to start with. Uh, what did I miss in my introduction? You know, with you, I just sort of skimmed the surface of your professional career. I didn't touch on anything in your personal life. Um, what did I miss? What would you like to share? And what would you like folks to get to know about you before we start to dig in? Let's see. Um, I think several of my professional friends, as I'll call them in Cornet, know that I've been on a wild ride the last uh, few years. And since the pandemic, I've had a series of pretty dramatic life changes. Uh, I left my, la my last position at Interface in April of 2020 and set off to work on my golf game, called an old golf coach up out of the blue after eight years of only seeing him once a year, typically the day before the Cornet golf tournament, and uh, told him that I was going to actually work on my swing and a couple months later, he asked me out. And a couple months after that, he proposed. And a wow. couple months after that, uh, we were married. And uh, 2020 was quite the year for me, uh, only to be followed by 2021, where I started the new gig at Stoke. I became pregnant and gave birth in early 2022 to my daughter, Lillian. And gosh, there's more. I sold a house, I bought a house, you name it. I, I did a lot of things in the last few years and I came out of the pandemic reuniting with folks at Cornette chapter events in, in person and yeah, felt like a, a whole new person in a lot of different ways. So yeah. I guess that's something. <laughs> that is something. That is a whirlwind of a couple of years. And uh, thank you for sharing that. I, you know, I knew some of that through our, through our connection, but um, that's awesome that you're that you've had such a great couple years and that you're so willing to share. And I'm sure we'll probably come back to a few of those pieces as we go. Um, let's talk a little bit about Stoke and, and your role there. Um, so, you know, I'm a big fan of the company. I, I really appreciate the team that's over there, but I don't want to assume that people listening know much about the company. So I'd love for you to both talk about your work there, but also a little bit about the company, if you will. Sure. And I really appreciate that. Um, yeah, as a point of introduction for all listeners, you know, Stoke is an integrated ESG and sustainability consulting firm, and we specialize in unlocking the value of what we call high-performance real estate. We provide a breadth and depth of services and solutions that do just that, and our differentiator is really in our ability to connect C-suite-driven ESG and net-zero carbon strategies with the implementation of asset level improvements that CRE professionals are responsible for. 
ultimately just to enable companies to achieve their sustainability goals. And my role at Stoke, as you said, is Vice President of Growth and Client Solutions. And in that role, I am first and foremost connecting with our clients and understanding their rapidly evolving needs in this ever-changing sphere we call sustainability and connecting them into the great experts um, we have in-house. And, you know, Stoke was founded um, back in 2008, which was a very different time and context than we operate within today. And it's amazing that the firm is celebrating 15 years, which is a remarkably long run for a sustainability consulting um, firm. And I think it speaks volumes to um, their success, but also the context we're going to talk about today and and the pressing issue that sustainability is for corporate real estate. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you I think you were pretty familiar with the company and the leadership team and the founders over there, but what what attracted you to actually join the company? What what sort of brought you in? Yeah, you know, I guess part of the um, answer to your earlier question about what people might not know about me, I'm often asked about my career because it looks very, um, you, it's very unique in that I've been with education institutions, small startups, nonprofits, large corporations, and the thread that I often say weaves it all together is that I've always been committed to a purpose, a higher purpose and purpose-driven work. And I've been so fortunate to stay committed to that because it's given back to me tenfold um, over the past year, you know, decade, two decades, I should say. And over the past um, year, I've really, or past 16 years now, I've been really focused in sustainability and specifically in our built environment. Um, I was able to serve uh, on the board of the Northern California chapter of USGBC and served as chair of that organization for a long time. And that was actually when I was getting more and more involved in Cornet. And I saw sort of this um, separate, but very necessary, necessarily um, overlapping discourse happening. And I wanted and, and saw an opportunity to merge the two um, communities, if you will, and discourse. And going back to your this most recent question about why Stoke is just their purpose. You know, I had, like you said, been familiar with their founding team. I had, while it was at Interface and was in service to some of the largest brands and corporations in Northern California, I had witnessed firsthand their ability to broker really trusted relationships with the CRE teams and sustainability teams and be trusted to develop um, and design strategies around sustainability. Um, So that was one point of view. And then it was clear to me that I just uh, loved their their, uh, purpose, which is to boldly catalyze an environmentally restorative and socially just world. And so this was another opportunity to tag on to purpose-driven work. And um, yeah, I love where I operate. It's really great. Yeah. That, I, I love the idea that you're doing purpose-driven work. It aligns with your purpose. If you think about kind of the body of work you get to do today, like, well, what about that is really exciting for you? Or what, what can you share with us that, um, that sort of helps highlight that purpose-driven part of you and of the company? Yeah, I think what I'm most most passionate about today is really reversing climate change and mm-hmm. finding sustainable solutions within the built environment to do so. 
And what's exciting is just the sheer need and I think thus opportunity to drive positive impact. Um, the needs are evolving. Our clients um, that we've had for 15 years have a new and I think more progressive need than they ever have. And then there's this new class of customer uh, entering into the space that is maybe new on the journey of sustainability. And it's invigorating <laughs> after a couple decades to be working with um, clients at all ends of the spectrum and with all um, with diverse experience sets in sustainability. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really exciting part of the work right now. Um, and, and generally just the context we operate in, there's this incredible confluence of circumstances driving progress around climate action, you know, whether it's regulation or increased stakeholder demand, investors, employees, and the like, you know, all backed by solid climate science that demonstrates the urgency to act. And so we've kind of been hoping and waiting for this moment in time to come. And here we are. And I just feel really fortunate to be um, helping clients act and move the needle forward. Yeah, love that. And and we're definitely going to come back to some of that. Um, but because this is a chapter podcast, let's dig into your involvement with the chapter a little bit. Uh, you know, you've been a fixture in the chapter for a while, well over a decade, I think. Um, and I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about your journey with Cornette, you know, some of the things that you've done, some of the things that you're proud of. Uh, let's let's dig in there just a little bit. Yeah, I joined in 2012. And thank you for preparing me for that one. I had to look it up. And you can all do so on your Cornette Global <laughs> profile. Um, and then I thought back to what a wild year that was. Um, but I remember my first uh, engagement with Cornette was a chapter, a monthly chapter meeting in NorCal. Shortly thereafter, I started attending the Global Summit. I've been really fortunate in my tenure with Cornette over the last decade to attend all summits in all regions. Uh, multiple times. And for me, that has really fed my desire and needs to um, have a global view. Um, let's see, I, I got my MCR.W designation and did it at warp speed, <laughs> despite sensibility. Um, but one of the things I did there was, again, chose to take courses in each of the three um, regions around the globe. And I'm, it just was such a phenomenal opportunity to extend relationships um, in uh, with you know corporate real estate practitioners around the world, and um, have that again global perspective on the con on the content. So love that. Um, one of my proudest moments with Cornet was probably at one of the most recent summits um, where I was able to receive on behalf of. Stoke and Salesforce, the Bruce Russell Global Innovators Award on stage at the Global Summit. That was an amazing thing. First and foremost, because to my knowledge, the Global Innovators Award had never been given out for sustainability. And for me, it just really made me feel that uh, sustainability has been anchored as a really important topic uh, at the at the global association level. So 
that was a really proud moment. That's awesome. And you do everything at a rapid clip, by the way, I think, as you talked about your MCR, but congrats on that last piece for sure. And uh, I love the way you also talked about your involvement in the global organization. And, you know, we're going to talk a lot about Northern California, but you're you're a great example of somebody that sort of leveraged the the full platform of Cornet globally and spent time with people and with it, you know, around the world. And so that's awesome. And, and you know, maybe we'll continue to to hear from you how you've done that and how you've been successful at that. Because, you know, again, a lot of what we'll talk about is Northern California centric, but there is such a large platform to be leveraged there. So um, yeah. you, you just recently helped form and you're leading the chapter sustainability special interest group. Uh, you know, and we're going to talk a lot about sustainability. It's so new. It's actually not even on the website. So if anybody goes to look for it, it's not there as of today's recording, but it will be by the time we go to, to, to publish. Um, but tell us a little bit about where that idea came from and, and how you got involved. Clearly your passion around sustainability is there, but from a chapter perspective, where did that come from? Yeah, well, this is where I admit I have been a bit of a squeaky wheel on the topic of, uh, or the idea of our Northern California chapter needing to form a sustainability SIG and eventually committee. I see it as such an opportunity across all the chapters. I remember the year we won chapter of the year and I said, yes, and we need a sustainability committee. I don't forget who was the chapter president that year. Do you remember? Uh, John Lucas. John Lucas. John was one of many former presidents. You yourself are another mm -hmm. that probably I put a bug in the year about let's form a sustainability committee, but then probably got the ask to step up and do this. And, and so I give all the credit to my co-chair, Pierre Baral, who asked me to join the SIG as a, a member first and thereafter, quickly thereafter as the co-chair. And I knew I could only have one answer <laughs> because I sort of was party to creating, I hope, the demand for the committee. Um, but I really, again, give him all the credit for raising his hand and being willing to lead this effort on behalf of our chapter. And like I said, I've gained a lot from my participation in Cornet, and I really see this as an opportunity to give back and, and share my experience set and um, help elevate awareness and education around this topic at a time when I think it's most urgently needed. So super excited about it. Uh, we just met to have a strategic planning session for the SIG and drafted a mission, which is to advance and support environmental sustainability in the practice of corporate real estate. And our goal is really to become a platform for all of us to learn from one another and evolve how we practice corporate real estate and become empowered to make a difference, whether that whether our actions are small or large, it's together that we can have an impact. And so that's our, that's our goal. Yeah. I love that. And if you zoom out, like, what does that goal look like in action? Is it, is it an awareness campaign or, you know, how would we think about it in a couple of years? You, you've been successful as a SIG and this is the outcome. Yeah. We also talked about that and we defined what success would look like for us. And we first and foremost want to increase engagement of our current members, and then be a means for attracting new members to the chapter through these topics. You know, a lot of young professionals are very on it when it comes to sustainability. And I think this is a means by which we can engage them and broaden the tent, if you will, at the chapter level. 
Um, and again, like for me, success will look like a melding in, um, of sustainability professionals and practitioners with CRE practitioners and, and service providers as well. And, and just a com combination of the, of the subject matter expertise. And how we really hope to do that is through producing really quality events that are relevant to our membership and developing resources on critical topics that are made available to all of us. Yeah, I love that. I mean, it's such an important topic and, and you'll continue to, to help us stay honest to why it's an important topic. I mean, here we are recording this episode and there's these massive fires burning in Canada and we've got the orange haze, you know, over much of the Eastern US. So clearly this is a conversation we need to be having, not just about that, but, you know, the, the bigger conversation. And, and it, it makes me curious about your view on what role Cornet, the global organization, and Cornet, the local chapter, has on sustainability. You, you've talked about what your goals are for the org, but across the, you know, sort of that community, what role do we have and what should we be focusing on? Yeah, well, considering that Cornet as an association is a representative proxy, as I call it, uh, for the impact of our built environment, mm -hmm. I believe that both the global organization and every single chapter, not just ours, has a responsibility to provide members with education. Um, similar to what we've just recently been doing with equity, diversity, inclusion, and belonging, actually. It's just a timely business per imperative for corporate real estate. And look, I think climate change is the gravest threat that faces humanity and is now considered a primary business concern at the C-suite and board levels for corporations. And I wanna again, see our NorCal chapter lead in the efforts to advance our understanding, you know, our resourcing, and again, use that to widen the tent of our membership. Yeah, I love that. And I think we're gonna keep probably coming back to that, um, the topic kind of as we go through this, because I think it's so important what you just said. You've also highlighted the, kind of the power of the platform of Cornet. You've talked about your global involvement. You've talked about, you know, the Northern California chapter. And I and I clearly sense your passion. And I know people listening are going to sense your passion as well. What keeps you so engaged with with Cornet? I mean, what is that pull for you that uh, um, that keeps you so engaged, so involved in the platform generally, and then in the Northern California chapter? Yeah, I think most simply put is it's the people. Uh, I've been so fortunate in my career to foster trusted relationships with clients that often become lasting friendships, present company included. And Cornet has been a big part of enabling my professional community and advancing um, my knowledge. You know, again, the exercise of challenging myself to get the MCR.W designation um, was just that. It was a challenge and it was one that I really took to heart and I learned so much. Uh, despite doing it in a really rapid time frame, I am so glad I did that. And, um, and right now I'm just, I think, more engaged than ever because I'm happy to see that the organization is moving in a direction that feels aligned with my view on leadership in the industry. And that is inclusive of things like EDIB and and sustainability. So it feels like 
invigorating right now to to be a part of and i think i have a a role in shaping the future mm-hmm. there so so i sincerely value all of that and i've progressed how i've progressed in my career and you know now i'm in this challenging spot of balancing work and new motherhood and time is of course a very precious commodity and i have to be incredibly intentional with what i say yes to yet cornet still gets a lot of my yeses <laughs> and uh yeah, and that means a lot right now. Yeah, I love that. And so help me sell it to others. So if, if somebody's listening to this podcast and they're not yet a member, why should they join Cornet and why should they join Cornet Northern California? Yeah, and I love that you asked that. And I've listened to a lot of your episodes and I recognize that the answers you get on this question uh, are different for everyone. And I think mm-hmm. that that's really the point. Uh, I'm a believer that you get out of volunteering with industry associations, what you desire and what you're able to put into them. So I would say new members will definitely benefit from expanded professional and even personal networks if they participate in the events, Um, whether it's the young leaders who still seem to have the most fun uh, events or the annual golf tournament or day on the bay. Those are pretty fun too. And you're going to learn. You're going to learn whether it's through the programming or electing to pursue any number of the designations that the organization offers. Um, I just enrolled and completed in the new ESG certificate, and that was a great learning opportunity for me. And I've been at this for, I think, nearly 20 years now in sustainability. And there was some, that was great. It was a really great opportunity and it was at the global level. And so all in all, I would just say join because it's an opportunity for mutual benefit. You know, the chapter and global organization will benefit from new perspectives um, that br- new members bring and their unique experience sets. And you'll have an opportunity to impact the direction of the industry. Yeah. And if they do, if they have joined and we've, you know, got some new members and they're still sort of trying to figure out the lay of the land and how they get engaged and, you know, sort of take advantage of everything you just said, like what advice would you give to somebody that's new and just still trying to figure it out? Yeah, I think, look, I think the chapter does a great job of providing inroads and direction on that. I think participating in the member mentor program, I know a lot of folks that have had just super successful um, experiences with that. I've served as a mentor myself. I really value that, uh, you know, that means of support for new members. And then just reaching out to an existing member. I think, again, the folks that are in leadership at the Cornet um, chapter level are just phenomenal uh, people as well. And everyone is more than willing to help and is, again, excited by the opportunity to um, welcome people in. So I would just say, reach out. Yeah. reach out. Uh, yeah. And I, I, I think that's important. And the way you said that is, you know, and I've said this to others before, it's like, everybody will take your phone call. So if you're a new member and you're trying to figure it out, everybody's going to take your phone call. That That's just the type of people this organization attracts. And so there should be, you know, no intimidation, no reluctance to reach out because we, everybody will take a phone call and, and help uh, along the way. I, I just want to, Thank you for your service to Cornette. 
to Cornet Northern California and in, in, in particular for leading the initiative that you kicked off to, for being that squeaky wheel and getting the chapter to sort of step into this really important space. Thank you for doing that. Uh, not that it wouldn't have come, but I think the timing is perfect and it really took your leadership and Pierre's leadership to, to make that happen. So thank you for that. So let's get to know a little bit more about you and your work outside of Cornet and outside of Stoke. You've been in the industry for uh, a while, over a decade, over, uh, I don't want to do math for you, but um, you've been been around for a bit. Uh, and you've had a focus on sustainability. You've talked a lot about that already. Where does that come from for you? Like, where did that original um, passion sort of get lit in you relative to sustainability? Yeah, uh, I love this question. I look back um, and I realize that my interest in sustainable business really started during grad school, you know, which was again in Australia. And that's probably not shocking or unusual that, you know, um, somewhere outside of the United States is where I probably had my first inkling in considering um, more a holistic view on business. And shortly thereafter, I moved to the Bay Area. That was 20 some years ago now. And it was actually an opportunity to volunteer with an industry association. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, it was a nonprofit called Social Venture Network or SVN. It was They were an organization that was founded back in the 80s and were very much considered the beacon of triple bottom line enterprise. Um, mm. Their mission was really to connect and support social entrepreneurs. And I had the rare opportunity to meet many of their founding members and these were the original gangsters honestly it was like Anita Roddick at the body shop and Ben Cohen of Ben and Jerry's and Eileen Fisher and Jeffrey Hollander of seventh generation and Paul Hawken and and my time amongst them and learning the tenets of people planet and profit and seeing that the environment could hold up as an equal stakeholder in business it just legitimately lit a fire in me um, and then over the years, you know, climate science progressed and, uh, it became known with certainty that our built environment represents about 40% of our annual GHG emissions. Um, I was more and more inspired to work with companies that were committed to sustainable solutions and particularly for our built environment and the real estate industry. So, you know, early in career, this, this was you know, sort of unleashed in you and became clear. And how has the industry sort of changed over that time frame? You talked about, you know, climate science sort of sort of coming into view. Uh, we're at this place where things are really hard to argue against now. But, you know, how what does that look like over that 20 years, 15 years that you've been involved? What's changed? Yeah, I think the like the increased recognition of climate science, but then the adoption of climate action, like the response to the science, whether that's like the commitment to the Paris Agreement and the reality that we really need to limit temperature rise to 1.5 degrees um, and that move towards action. Um, you know, there's plenty of reason to be alarmed and concerned about this gravest threat and the impacts of climate change like we're all seeing in weather events, for instance. But there are so many promising developments that I think require urgent attention and a lot of optimism right now, whether it's you know the development of low carbon technologies 
or the advancement of our building codes, uh, particularly here in Northern California, which are driving towards the electrification of our real estate portfolios. Um, yeah, I think climate change is here. It's shaping our world as we speak, um, but that doesn't mean the future is predetermined. And I think every bit of action we take has impact and particularly on the frequency and intensity of these wild weather events that we're seeing. So yeah, we need bold climate commitments and action uh, and to get to zero as soon as possible. Yeah. As you think of your approach to the industry, you've seen that evolution you just talked about and you know where we are right now. Like has your approach or perspective shifted at all over that time? You know, anything you can share with us about where, where you are today versus where you were you know, uh, a while ago, as far as your approach and perspective? Yeah, well, I, I'll say I I enjoy spending less time on convincing <laughs> and um, spending more time on educating and demonstrating what's possible. Um, I think one of the most exciting parts about the sustainability SIG will be showcasing the leadership within our Northern California region and like unpacking success stories for how, um, sustainability and corporate real estate real estate teams have come together to drive action at the asset and portfolio level and how it's possible. Mm -hmm. And now there's this, again, confluence of positive circumstances in um, incentives to do so or regulation that will require um, us to do so that we can all learn from together. You've clearly landed in this place where you're a thought leader, you're an industry leader, you're a people leader as well. And I'm a student of leadership. Uh, I, I teach in our leadership development cohort, and I'm always curious about what shaped people's leadership and what people's leadership journeys look like. So as you think about where you are right now and sort of what's shaped you as the leader that you are, and you could think about it across those three domains of thought leader, people leader, industry leader. Like what's helped shaped you into the leader that you are today? Such a good question. And I can't help but go back to the beginning. You know, I feel uh, really grateful for my upbringing, which was in the Midwest. I grew up on a farm in Iowa. And uh, for all you Niner fans out there, I was cheering for Brock Purdy as a freshman in his college career uh, for the Iowa State Cyclones. Um. But my incredibly hardworking parents uh, demonstrated the value of having a strong work ethic and the importance of following your passion. You know, my parents were farmers when it wasn't easy to be farmers, and they did it because that's the only thing that they were, it was the, the thing that they were committed to doing because of their passion. You know, I was also an athlete. I played college basketball, and for me, sports has you know, was the first ground where the tenets of teamwork and sportsmanship and discipline that I think come into my work every day were laid, you know? And um, the other part of me, I think, comes from being a bit of a black sheep as a kid from Iowa. I uh, studied abroad at 19 years old, and I was the first from my family to ever leave the United States and do mm -hmm. that. I think I've since filled four passports exploring the world and now working internationally. And that's ingrained a global view and some cultural dexterity that I really value. And I try to bring to every leadership moment, if you will. 
whether it's um, subject matter expertise or or the you know in connecting with the client um, on the business front or it's in the personnel management experience. Um, all of the all of that comes into play, but it all was laid. The groundwork was laid at a very early early age for me. Yeah, I, I love that story. I love that you shared a little bit about your sort of background and upbringing as well. If you fast forward to today to sort of learn a little bit more about you, like if we saw you on a Saturday today and your life has obviously changed a lot over the last couple of years, like what is, what would we see you doing in your personal life if we bumped into you? Um, what would that look like? Yeah. Uh, let's see if it's in the morning, you're going to find me pushing a stroller at the farmer's market every Saturday morning. And it's one of my absolute favorite things to do. Uh, and by night, I'm usually having a good glass of wine, uh, reflecting on how good life has become. I really just feel so blessed uh, to have my new family and really treasure the weekends because that's the you know the, the good time with them and I can't get enough of it. So yeah, that's an easy one for me to answer. <laughs> yeah, love that, love that. Um, well, let's shift back a bit to the industry to the a little bit about a little bit towards a chapter but you know with this pod we're reaching people that are in the built environment they're in corporate real estate they're at different levels different parts of businesses and you've made a really clear pitch on why sustainability is important now why you're taking the action you're taking within the chapter but take us even further into that. Like, what should we be doing more of as a professional community, not just the chapter, but where should we be putting our attention? What should we be doing? And you've already kind of talked about this bias towards action. So, mm -hmm. you know, in, in, in getting to the ears of our listeners, like what would action look like? What, what advice or what action would you ask of the team? Yeah, you know, a global challenge like climate change requires... <laughs> global solutions and it requires a lot of things. It requires movement building. And I think Coronet has a role there and it requires on the ground action. And I think our CRE and service providers have real tangible impact there. Um, and corporations at large have a huge role in this um, at this moment in time to address climate change. I think first and foremost, you know, seeing to it that your company implements an ESG program and that you as a CRE professional are plugged in as a key stakeholder in determining the materiality of that program and working to understand how the real estate portfolio and your operations will or will not drive success or enter risk into that equation. I think we need all companies to also commit to meaningful and actionable emissions reduction targets um, that are aligned with science and that limit warming to 1.5 degrees. You know, again, here in Northern California, we were able to showcase a lot of leaders. Um, and you've seen in the past three years, a slew of corporates pledging net zero goals. And now we really need the action plans to get there. And again, I think CRE teams specifically have a role in developing roadmaps for getting their portfolios to net zero um, and soon. <laughs> and I think the one of the most direct ways we can do this, and I talked about this, I think on stage at the April chapter meeting, but is through the transition to 
clean energy, renewables, and through the electrification of our building stock. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, my appeal is to please prioritize all electric buildings, um, start converting your on-site culinary facilities to all electric. And we've got a lot of all tenants in our membership. Yeah, or, you know, mm -hmm. at least their space across the globe. And I think ensuring that you have solid green lease terms um, that are up to date and sort of aligned with this forthcoming these forthcoming changes in our building code mm -hmm. um, is a really important step that all CRE professionals can do. So those are just a few. Yeah, those are those are important. And I, I think part of what I heard you say is, look, if you're in CRE and you're not somehow focused on ESG somewhere in your company, you probably should be. Probably um, should. Yeah, you probably should be. Well, we covered a lot. Um, we could go on for another hour, I'm sure. Uh, what didn't I ask you, though, that I should have asked you? Hmm. No, you asked me a lot. Um, I think I pointed out that my husband's a golf instructor, so mm -hmm. uh, I know we're preparing for the golf tournament coming up. So <laughs> give me a call if anyone needs an in for a golf lesson. Um, I, I don't know. I think you asked me everything. Yeah. Love my favorite that. color, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> long walks um well let's let's um offer up this to folks too if, if people are curious to learn more about you um what's the best way to connect and we'll put whatever you tell us in the show notes so you don't have to read anything out but is it linkedin is it like what's a great way to get a hold of you absolutely big user of linkedin reach out don't hesitate i think i have my per uh, personal email on there and yeah we'll put in the show notes my email at Stoke. It's just first name at Stoke.com. Pretty easy to find me. Yeah, that one's easy. Uh, are you looking for any help on the sustainability SIG? If folks are interested, should they also reach out? Absolutely. Um, and thanks for asking. Uh, we're definitely looking for more sustainability practitioners that are interested in being involved and representatives from end users that have experience in rolling out um, sustainability initiatives across their real estate programs and uh, teams. So uh, please do reach out, keep the ideas coming for programming and events. Uh, we welcome it. Uh, we'll be better for the more ideas that we get. So please engage. Love that. Well, Christina, thank you for joining me today on CoreCast. I just enjoy you so much. I love seeing the impact you're you've been able to make over the years we've known each other, but certainly this current body of work that you're doing uh, with the sustainability uh, SIG, just thank you for doing that. Thank you for being such a great citizen of Cornet and of, of the Northern California chapter. And I hope we can have you back and learn a little bit more about what success looks like in, in the sustainability SIG. So thank you so much for being here. I love it. Thank you, Robert. This has been a true pleasure. All right. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you so much. Well, that was just so much fun for me. I, I just really respect Christina as a friend, as a colleague, as an expert. Um, I love her passion. It is so infectious. And I love that she so clearly sees the through line in all of her work uh, and that she's able to really associate all of that with sort of her passion uh, and that's really what drives the work that she does, and it's what attracts her to the work that she does. 
And I'm really excited for all of the joy that she's found in her personal life over the last few years. You know, the list that she read off of things that have changed for her uh, in the last few years was long. And I'm just so happy for her as a friend that she's found so much joy. Christina offered us a few calls to action. Uh, the one I would encourage our listeners to really grab onto is the idea that we collectively must turn our sustainability goals, those of our companies, those of our clients, into real action. Goals are great. The time to act is now. Well, I want to thank you, our listeners. Uh, it, it's for you that we do this podcast. It's in service to you. So thank you for listening. We ask that you please share this podcast with your friends and with your colleagues, and please be sure to post it and about it on your social media. You can find links to all our past episodes on the Cornet Northern California website, and you can subscribe to hear our future episodes on iTunes or anywhere you get your pods. And if you have an idea for an upcoming episode, we'd love to hear from you. Our contact information is in the show notes. And that's it for this episode of CoreCast. This is Robert Teed signing off. And until next time, work well and be well.